Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. How is 2024? Um, all right. Can't say uh, great. Can't say bad. Just kind of sailing into the new year so far. You wouldn't say it's mid AF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too too early to call, but it, it may in fact be mid AF. I I, I just, <laughs> not enough data. <laughs> well, what I wanted to talk about, I think at least off the top of my head is all stuff from 2023 here on the first 2024 episode of full of sound Free podcast right which is our tradition we're just we're, we're behind give us some time maybe someday we'll catch up <laughs> yeah but then we hit the holidays again yeah that's true that's true almost every single year it's kind of crazy was there anything you wanted to start with no i'm i'm game to go wherever okay nothing you're burning to well we'll go chronologically then blue eye samurai my Two-word review, hot damn. Right? I don't know where to start is the thing with this one. I feel like it, you know, when Netflix kind of previewed it at their Geeked Week or whatever, I wasn't sure what to think. Like, I saw, like, a really brief trailer, I think, uh, as part of, like, they were announced, you know, hyping Castlevania and uh, stuff throughout that's coming out, you know, 2023 and 2024. Uh, the new um, Masters of the Universe sequel series, animated series. Lots of different things. And so I was like, Blue Eyed Samurai, I have no idea what this is. Animation style is kind of like um, uh, Arcane. It looked kind of like Arcane, a trailer, which it is sort of is, but there's, there are differences. Where What is this going to be? And it turned out to be incredible. Yeah, I just, it just felt like uh, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I did, I guess, get kind of lost in the shuffle of the, the bigger name own properties. I think that's fair. But but boy, did it bring it once I finally... Yeah, I, I was pretty much in on it from almost the get-go. You could tell it was going to be special. And I, I think the animation style is a good place to need to start dissecting it because I don't know if it's going to be this style or the one that we're seeing in Marvel's What If, but uh, every decade or so, there is a animated series, I feel like, that hits really hard and just kind of captures the zeitgeist, and that's kind of what cartoons become for a while. The first one I can think of is Batman the Animated Series back in 92. Sure. And then like for like a decade and a half, everything looked like that. Yeah, yeah. Until Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And then everything looked like that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and, and now I think, I think now with this arcane slash what-if style, I think we might be seeing another paradigm shift. It's kind of like, um, it's a little, I mean, it might not be this at all, but it, it looks sort of rotoscoped with like uh, cell shading not, or something. But not shitty. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> I, every time, I, I'll be honest, and maybe it's just because I'm old, and I'm, we've talked about this uh, being old kind of as a uh, nerfing on everything, but when I see animation like that, even though I've watched two seasons of What If and watched Blue Eyes Samurai and watched Arcane, I've, I get that, that there's like a core there, like a history of like, if it looks like this, it might be shitty. It might be shitty. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to get past the animation to see what else is there, you know, that's good. 
but whatever. It's it's the 2020s now, so things are better. Yeah, they they whatever they were struggling with, they fixed. And I think starting with Arcane, where they almost there's it's almost like a texture map on top on top of the uh, the characters and and the and the environments. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure how they're doing it. I'm sure there's something out there that I've not watched it about it. But uh, yeah, you, you even see the, the color that color choices in um, the Dragon Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one. Yeah. Now, that, that's a little more. It's almost like halfway between Avatar and this new style that we. This. <laughs> we need to come up with a better name than Unshitty Horoscoping. But I guess <laughs> that's what we're rolling with. But, you know, they'll have, they'll have like um, specific shading in, in the cell coloring. You couldn't do, I don't think, just a few, just a few years ago. It looks maybe very sharp. Yeah, maybe it's a technological breakthrough or something that they just they've gotten. It's working. Oh, absolutely. So, like I said, I was in on it pretty early. I knew it was going to be something special, and it just kept getting better. And I remember early, I jotted down because I wanted to talk to with you about this. If this was the best fight choreography we'd ever seen in a series, because there was some pretty epic shit in the Clone Wars. And then I saw episode five, and I got to tell you, I, I threw that note away. It was really good. Really, really good. I was skeptical of the show doing more than kind of the usual, like, fast blades type of choreography for, like, uh, sword fighting. Yeah, especially when Mizu breaks out the um, pole arm with the, where she converts mm-hmm. her sword into And you start to watch her use that. And, yeah, they, whoever they've got doing choreography on that thing on the show, really, really well done. And then extremely well executed. The, the, that first part doesn't matter if they can't then actualize it. It reminds me a little bit of, um, and, I, I, and I, I know it's you know different countries and whatever, but it's got that grace to it that old school Hong Kong stuff had for uh, for a long time. Really impressive. If you watched uh, Avatar a little bit, but then Legend of Korra, the sequel series, also amazing fight choreography. Uh, probably some of the best, but I think Blue Eye Samurai rivals it for sure. Blue Eye Samurai takes the best bits of Korra and the Clone Wars. You you um, mentioned classic Hong Kong Hong Kong Wirefu. It also there's a bit of, and I don't know what the term for this is, of that hyper violent Korean stuff we've seen more recently. Oh, yes, yes, blades and blood, my friend. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't know if that's the official name or not. It's probably not, but that's what I call that it. Will- Let's roll with it. It's better than unshitty or a lot of terms tonight. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere the editor of Webster's is just weeping. Yeah, that dismemberment too. Um, there's a lot. All it really is to say about that. All, yeah. J- yeah, and and not in that like um, Rurouni Kenshin way where you hit someone and like they just become a spout of blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was very realistic. You know, her ability to heal and take you know damage and to be tripping on. Um, monkey acid. Uh, I guess we'll cover that at some point. <laughs> All of that felt remarkably grounded for such a crazy ass story. And I feel like there's an emotional maturity to the show, like the way that the characters, the arcs that the characters go through, not just Mizu, but the other characters too, and where they end up, and you know, kind of what their motivations are by the end of the story, and 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 how they're affected by the events. I feel like was really high quality in the sense, like you don't, they're not rote, right? They're not. They, they I didn't feel like they were. They didn't land where I expected, like where you kind of expect the kind of the threads, the plot threads to take you. They were, they were really well done and kind of held true to kind of the core of the characters that they set up towards the beginning. It just was impressive to me, like uh, how that went. I didn't. 
I couldn't quite guess at every moment where things were going to end up. It's been a while since I've seen a series take protagonists and multiple protagonists. I mean, it's, it's not just Mizu's story, although it, it, it's centered on her her uh, revenge tale and pit them against each other so deftly. It, it's God, I think the most recent example is actually season one of House of the Dragon. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I there, there's a there's a little bit of that. Like it's like like I, I wish they weren't acting this way, but I totally understand why they're why they're taking this action in this moment. Even though you don't you don't want them to fight, you know, Tigan and Swordfather. I mean, just calling a guy Swordfather that's some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember thinking as I was watching it, a lot of Star Wars fans would should really watch this. Oh yeah. You, because you, well, you could see, like, like you, you could really see how, how that was a major inspiration for those films. For sure. In this, in this show that was, like, you know, a very deft blend of Western and Eastern. They researched the hell out of it, too. Yeah, I believe it. There was a lot of cultural touchdowns that were very impressive. Now, I guess I shouldn't be surprising. He's one of the co-creators is Amber Nozomi. Specifically, so Mizu, Water. Mm-hmm. Great name. And just got better as it went along. And then I remember, I think it's the, the final or the penultimate episode where Fowler is yeah. speaking to uh, the Shogun's sons. And they don't say no. They say it's difficult. 100%. That is a, in Japanese. That, exactly. That is a very Japanese thing to do. I, I, I forget what the translation is. I mean, I, I know that's a little translation, but I don't know what it is in Japanese. But I know that's a thing. Like they, they never want to say no because it's so polite. Yeah. So they just say, there you go. That's yes. <laughs> and I'm sure there was a bunch more stuff like that. I didn't catch. Cause I just don't know the Edo period that well. Probably. I mean, it was interesting that they, um, I looked up what do you call it? The great Edo fire or, or the, the kind of the thing that ends it. And that was like a real historical event. They just, what was the it? origin is. So that was, that was clever. I thought that was pretty cool. I was about to ask if that was, there was something there. I decided to embellish it almost in a Neil Stevenson system of the world kind of way. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's slick. One thing I really liked about the cast was we saw we saw two people that I don't think of as antagonists, namely Kenneth Branagh and Randall Park, as real sons of bitches. I wasn't sure how the Rand- the Randall Park thing was going to go. I saw him in the cast, and I'm like, "Who's he going to play? Oh, he's going to play this guy. Is it going to be too funny?" But no, it was it, he really sold it. It was great. Yeah, he has that year. It turns out. Yeah, the only thing I can think of like that where I was like, whoa. Do you remember when Elijah Wood went from Frodo to the, the serial killer in Sin City? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it was just like such a 180. I didn't know Brana had that in him either. Boy, that was a... Uh, Fowler is uh, one of the darkest villains I've seen outside of Outlander recently. Yeah, man. Trying to decide if I liked the conclusion where she lets him live or not. Yeah, I mean, I it know. makes sense within the story, but boy, it's satisfying to see that guy not get it yeah yeah given how much blood sweat tears and blood and blood and blood she uh said to get that to get that done for real i have to ask the direct question that we have to ask with uh, all netflix series have they have they canceled it already <laughs> they already announced season two so we're safe for now okay I, I do have to wonder if Netflix has gotten enough flack for this so over the last year or so that they just kind of like cut it out they just there I, was just there was just an other day a whole wave of cancellations Oh, really? Yeah. They're competing with Google. Jeez, man. And Fowler to see how many other kids they can kill. <laughs> a lot of dead bastard skeletons in that closet. I found the conclusion a little unsatisfying, although I think maybe given time, when after season two, I won't feel that way. The other thing I would throw out there as a, as a very mild critique is that it kind of felt like a very small world. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, everybody turns out like knew someone from five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they get a little stupid in episode seven. <laughs> the one that was hardest for me, for some reason, was that Mizu and Taigen were like neighborhood children together. I was like, what? Really? Is that necessary? But oh, okay, just, man, small world. Yeah, and... You know the um, who the, I forget what they were called. The, the four the four horsemen guys, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Not what they were called, but you know they had that with that being someone that they had originally had poor father's patron, and I was like, they handled it pretty well, but they they kept going back kind of well. So often at that point, it was starting to be kind of silly. I guess Netflix is good for one of these every couple of years because our our game was revelatory as well. Yeah, and it seems and like there's two or three TV years May. between seasons. So. That appears to be the downside of this series. Of this uh, art style we were just complimenting, I guess, is it apparently takes a long damn time to get it done. But hey, it's great when it's out. Yeah, and if they stagger them, I'm for them to you know it won't be so bad. I don't think. And you know, pepper in some uh, Castlevania, some Masters of the Universe in there while we're waiting. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Precisely. As long as they have a deep enough roster rotation, it'll be fine. They're working on a Devil May Cry animated series. They better get that right. That better be the wildest fucking traditionally animated thing. I am looking forward to it, so they better get it right. After last year, I'm totally in on the video game stuff. They've to- I really feel like they've turned the corner. Yeah, we've got that, and we have um, Fallout coming too, right? Oh, Although yes. Action. Yeah. Which should be safer, because they don't care about winning money or anything, evidently. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to blow the cash left and right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just hike up prime membership. It's fine. We're good. Have an extra billion. They're they're, uh, they're going to charge three bucks a month to have no ads at the end of this month. Starting then. But yeah, it's just that, that that I'm less excited about. Well, also in the unshitty rotoscoping milieu is a uh, season two of What If. Much more charming of a season than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Honestly, I looked at the episode titles that kind of dropped a while back before the show aired, or dropped or however you want to look at it and i was like mm, they did the, the nine days of what if miss <laughs> yeah and i enjoyed it i had a good time there each each one was different enough from what i expected to that i was like yeah this is all right all right yeah i thought it was great a couple of clunkers i would say nebula private eye i don't know that didn't hit the way i wanted it to i felt it was a slow start like that to the yeah. season that that episode it wasn't bad. It just didn't wow me. And then, is it is it okay for us to say that Kahori was kind of lame? I don't know. Or right? do, well, or will be canceled. I don't. <laughs> that was a, one of the one of the episodes I enjoyed the most myself. Mm. I don't know. It was just because it was so unique. Maybe. Yeah, I I liked it. I I thought it was. Uh, I didn't one hundred percent understand her power set. Yeah, I was trying to understand like. Um, is, was she supposed to be a, at the, at first? I was like, oh, she's supposed to be like Captain Marvel, but then she has a, way other other abilities. Like, right? Oh, but it seems yeah. like she would be like Captain Marvel because her 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 origin story, such that it was, is very similar. Yes, and then they went like, well, Space Stone. So let's just you can open portals. Let's do this, and you have super speed. Let's do this. Yeah, um, and uh, here's her some Kirby Crackle too. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was Strange Supreme. Oh, right, right, right. People, people, you know, I think I was seeing online, and again, not that this matters because online is just not the real world, but I see them complaining about too much Captain Carter or they brought Strange Supreme back, but I think part of the fun of the of this show so far, two seasons in, is getting opened up to some new characters, yes, but then having some of those characters that we saw in the past come back, I think 
you have to have a little bit of a of a plot thread for to, to tug on with those established characters a little bit. I mean, I think that's part of the draw here, right? Because you're inverting those tropes that we that we already know. Yeah, that's actually a very stupid take, and I'm, I want to say I'm surprised to hear it, but it's the internet, as you said, and I'm not at all. I was actually going to say that I I feel like what if is kind of demonstrating why the post in game MCU is struggling. It's they're running into the same problem the Marvel publishing did. Their in their need their need and desire to bring in a bunch of new characters that aren't a bunch of white guys. They're abandoning those white guys that people have been kind of loving for decades. And I, I, I really do. I don't think that can be understated that a part of why this the MCU is just people aren't liking it as much as there's no Robert Downey Jr. Actors matter. And I think it's a tough needle to thread. I don't disagree with you, Cyrus. I, I, I think there is yeah. something there. I think having these other characters is good and is important in a lot of different ways for not just the, the cultural and equality concerns, but just you want a fresh stable of characters to leverage at all times. And they need to be not just derivative wholly of what's you already have. But I think it's a, it's hard to develop those like legacy characters. Well, right. Like I think DC does that better in the comics than Marvel has. And even then I think they've maybe stumbled upon that. I, I think it's tough. Like you've got to, you've got to keep them. But I think the, maybe the best, one that and the MCU has done is Hawkeye just because they had the legacy hero or the, the pretty, the first hero and the, the new legacy add on, if you will, kind of coexisting and like liking each other. And you kind of get, you kind of use the, oh. the character you're familiar with to get to know the new one. Eventually. Eventually you have to give it time. You have to give it time. You can't just drop the old white guy and insert a new character here and expect it to just be like, hey, it's the same flavor as you liked before, just with half the calories. It's like you can't, you can't do that. There has to be like a vine swing, right? You got to like be holding on to both vines, and then you let go of the old vine after some time. Right. We've been hypercritical of that piece of shit Black Widow movie, but it did that well as well. It, you're right. It did. It, it, it put Natasha and Yelena at odds until they finally – and then they passed the baton formally in the third act. And you got the sense of that, right? Like that there's a passing of the role a little bit that, that Yelena is, is like every bit the, the capable Black Widow that Natasha is. There's so many building blocks you have to kind of put in place. If you don't thread that needle, it's hard to get the audience to like them, right? Yeah, and I appreciate you pointing out it is extraordinarily tricky. But If you're going to go I, do I, it, I, do it right. <laughs> Right, which is easier said than done. I just, I don't think it's proper for the content creators, quote unquote, to get mad at the audience for wanting those things that they wanted before. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think someone being more excited about Iron Man 4 than this Marvel is fair. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think demographics have anything to do with that. I really don't. I think that's just, I think someone that's someone just really dig an Iron Man and wanting some more Iron Man. Yeah, I think I think in, uh, applying the Pareto principle, I think eighty percent at least of people wanting Iron Man four over a second season of Miss Marvel. I think you're right. I think there's probably some weirdos and sickos out there that have other reasons for wanting things, but we shouldn't focus on them, right? We should focus on the bulk <laughs> of the audience. And uh, yeah, of course, people would want. 
would want more Iron Man. And we haven't had Iron Man in a long time. And I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. Like I but just one is given giving him to us. Yes, yes. Don't see how they don't bring him back as a character after Secret Wars. I think they'd be absolute fools. Absolute fools. The question is how. They better be figuring that out. <laughs> they they've got a tough figure. That this is the twenty twenty four is the year where Kevin Feige is going to earn his whatever go to hell dollar go, go, go paycheck is. I guess we talk about it now. This Jonathan Majors thing is not great. No, no, sorry, Bob. I mean, at some, to some extent, you can't control that, right? Like it's uh, that's just for all of us. You know, you can only know so much about an actor before you hire them, and stuff like this happens. But that's that's tough. It's a major disaster. This is worse than Miller or Depp. He is legitimately incredibly talented. Yes, yeah. He is going to be a bitch to replace. Yeah. I don't think going away from Kang is the way to do it, even though I know there are some parts of the internet really pushing for that. Yeah, I don't don't think you can... uh, I agree with you completely. I've seen the takes, many takes of, ah, throw Dr. Doom in there. You know, use the Beyonder as an excuse to have a different version that's, like, completely different, so it's not really Kang. It's like, I don't think they've been building to that to the point where like it's it's like not built up enough, but it's built far enough now. Him as a the Kang as the character and the main threat that you, you can't. They're really kind switch. of committed. You just recast it. Just recast it. We talked about this almost a year ago now, but I, I guess it, this point of the conversation we probably need to revisit it. People really hated Ant Man three. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean that th- that's what's driving a lot of it. People really fucking hated that movie and. I really liked it. So did I. I understand why I didn't perform as well, but it did a lot of things well too. And I, I just, it really bums me out that most people can't see that because it, it wasn't, it was a different kind of Ant Man flick ultimately at the end of the day. And that's why everybody freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does have, it, it's not beyond reproach, but it's, it's got it's some problems, but it, it did a lot of things well too. And I don't know. They got a lot to figure out in the grand architecture of stuff i think having only one mcu movie come out this year is a good thing i think it does give them some time that they may not have otherwise had not that i would have wanted the actors and writers to strike it would have been better if they had been paid fairly from the beginning but just given the realities of what what happened they better take advantage of this time i'm sure they are Faye's no fool but well the man. majors thing has what has has that's a second catastrophe so if even if they could roll with that now, they're they're having to pepe all of that shit as as they did. It's always funny. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the minute the minute that that dude had allegations against him, if they didn't start throwing, if if Kevin Feige didn't do the John Favreau did this with a box of scraps in a cave or whatever to his like <laughs> creative team and like throw them in a room and tell them you'll figure it out in case this guy goes to jail. What the hell? Like I mean, like right? Like it puts so much at risk. That like wouldn't at that point he had somebody thinking about this. If he is who we think he is, I think the question is are the answer rather absolutely. You know, another thing that will help them beyond the fact that it's just one movie is that one movie is Deadpool three. Yeah, yes, that's about as sure of a lock as there is right now. 
Got to be. And they have freaking Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, come right. on. Jack, Jackman agreed to come back and suit it up for one more game. In yellow, no one yes. go. So. <laughs> and I promise you, if Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart are not somehow tucked away in there somewhere, I'll be greatly surprised. So that's going to that's gonna charm the pants off people, I think, uh, this summer. I think it comes out in summer, so... This is where Charles Xavier being crippled is a, was a brilliant long con. <laughs> the fact that Patrick is getting to an age where it's hard for him to walk doesn't matter. Works out great. Yeah. I don't think either of them thought they'd be doing this 25 years later. <laughs> no. Which reminds me, I had this thought the other day. You know Tom Cruise has been Ethan Hunt for over 25 years now? Yes. As I was watching uh, the latest <laughs> Hospital a couple months ago. You did the ago, math. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, he was there. He was at the Last Supper as Ethan Hunt. Yeah, my lord. Do you think Chris Hemsworth is going to have a, a similar Thor run? Oh, that's. Mm. Does he have twenty five years of Thor in him? Because he he's always he's he he is in every other episode of What If. He is. He is. He's one of the few, I think, actors that like have. He's like always there for his role. In what <laughs> if? Uh, Although to be fair, they've been pretty good about getting everyone to come back to the booth. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't voice him, himself, Iron Man, right? I think that, him, that's the notable mission, and and uh, Evans is gone, and Scar. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's yeah, the legal complications. Uh, yeah, uh, there's some acrimony that I think, unfortunately, yeah. is well deserved on Disney's part. Yeah, yeah, but for the both of them, you know, Blanchett, you know, yeah, that was that blew my mind. Kate Blanchett coming back for what if? Yeah, two or three times too. Unbelievable. Yeah, and she's slain too. Yeah. So Hemsworth has been Thor for 15 years, right? No, maybe when did Thor come out? 2010? 2011. 2011. Okay, so not, not, he's not that far in then. Okay. 13 years this year. So he's got a little ways to go to hit the quarter century mark on Thor, but he could, he could theoretically do it. Well, you know, Jason Aaron's stuff lend itself to that if he wants to do it right that like the king thor thing he could do that if he wants yeah. to oh yeah also he could do all of the steroids like Dwayne johnson has been doing <laughs> sure i swear to god i not 20 minutes ago i saw a picture of, of him. <laughs> he was 20 thanks to picture of him now and it's like oh okay interesting it was <laughs> like a cg a whole version of him but it's not He's just half drugs now. Science will find a way. <laughs> if Hemsworth wants to do this, I get the feeling he wants to do this forever and ever. Great. He's great at that role. I I have no qualms with this. So I think the longest run is still Ford is Indy, right? Probably, right? I mean, He's taken some breaks because of acquisitions and George Lucas's ceaseless divorces, unfortunately. Because Raiders is 81? 81 or 82, I think. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's not, that's almost 40 year run as Indiana Jones. Cruz is going to die out there. I think that's how that this ends in Mission Impossible 12. He's just going to break the hip and or in the Mission Impossible 11. And then because <laughs> that, that ain't on green screen and it probably needs to be at this point. Yeah, man. But if anyone doesn't like Captain Carter, they go straight to hell. That's my official, that's my official response to that. I mean, that that is like. Uh, just her character is like, I don't know, just such a great addition. And it comes purely from the concept of the multiverse in a way that like, I, I just feel like uh, that character is a poster child for the multiverse saga in a way that's good. And she's great. 
and we need we need more Captain Carter, not less. Yeah, I just maybe don't put her up against the Scarlet Witch as often. Yeah, yeah. That didn't go well much, for her. Yeah, let's see what spaghettification will bring us uh, in this year. If I understand the plot of Deadpool three, they're going they're leaning heavily into that. There right? may be so, significant spaghettification. Yeah. There's points where I expect it to look like Blue Eyes Samurai. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Before we leave the MCU, I, I did watch Echo in a, in a day and a half okay. binge. Okay. It was okay. <laughs> I think in a word, it was okay. It felt rushed. Like, I felt like, and I know that they filmed like way more things. I don't know how to say it, but like there was more to it and it got chopped up. That's how I, it, I came away from it. Like really great ideas. Love the, the Choctaw a- aspects of it. And, and those mm-hmm. parts are probably the best. Love the Kingpin inclusion and all that kind of good stuff. But it felt like there were some parts that were just like patchwork together that if they had the right number of episodes with the right content they could have just seamlessly made it from end to end but it was it was okay i don't know i felt yeah. I, I i liked it better overall than secret invasion i would think i think i i'd say oh well yeah but the point talk about like the, the lowest bars <laughs> this is what struck me after i sat with it for a few minutes this is now the third consecutive mcu property with a martial arts slash Street Fighters slash Street Level Urban Brawler, whatever, what have you, where the protagonist has been remarkably uninteresting compared to the rest of the characters. I don't know what it is about that particular genre of superhero story that they're struggling with so damn badly. But they screwed up Iron Fist, they screwed up Shang-Chi, and now they screwed up Echo. <laughs> she was just not that interesting, and she couldn't carry her own story. Now, they did surround her with a lot of interesting supporting cast. And th- those characters were, I think they were probably paper thin, but the actors did such a good job, we did, I didn't notice. Yeah. That show was actually remarkably well cast top to bottom. That is that is the most accurate portrayal of Oklahoma White Trash I've ever seen. <laughs> Just football spike. <laughs> the, her power set was very confusing. I was hoping that that... They would explain would it at more. some point? <laughs> yes. Or even when she used the powers, that it was like more clear what she just did. Yeah, I don't yeah. think any character in the MCU has more con- more confusing <laughs> debut of their powers than, than Echo. Wilson Fisk was an insertion character. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> and she, he was in that moment. We had no idea. And then he just, he just got started left. <laughs> like, I guess this is over. What are we? Wow, we ran out of money moment for <laughs> <a> television series. <laughs> And then they cut to like the Fast and the Furious style barbecue, and that was it. We're out. Yeah. I, it, thank I, you, I, thank yeah. Choctaw Nation. We're, yeah. we're done. <laughs> they rushed it, man. They rushed it. It makes me wonder <laughs> if they, um, you know, they had they had this whole Marvel television like upheaval, right? Where like they they like they threw away all the Daredevil, Born Again stuff, and they're just like, no, we can't do things this way. And I wonder if <laughs> that was a paper thing. I, I wonder if it was if if like Echo somehow like they filmed it the way that they had been filming stuff as like a really long movie with multiple episodes and then they're like yeah no it's not working dude and look at what these daredevil people are doing over there it's not working man let's come in here and fix this and it's just but they didn't want to put the effort to like refilm more and delay it further by like another year or whatever it took and so here we are that almost certainly a strike and or interest rates related yeah yeah no doubt disney lost a lot of goddamn money last year (laughs) i guess that respect 
as a hack job, it's pretty good. And it's a it's their first time before they retroactively decided all the Netflix shows are part of the canon now. Their first time doing a TVMA show in the MCU, like officially, officially. I think you know they handled it pretty well from that perspective. I'm curious about that uh, because that that I guess was a thing very recently as we started the year. If they don't do that, what was the other way they were going to go? I had so. I don't even know why they bothered to do that, to be honest. Like, I felt like they could have had Wilson Fisk have a different... Like, they could have picked and chosen what they wanted in terms of Fisk's background from Daredevil without saying all of Daredevil is canon. Like, they could have taken what they wanted and left what they didn't behind. It's a multiverse, baby. But they decided not mm-hmm. to do that. I'm, I'm really confused why they decided to make the Netflix shows canon. That that part. Oh, okay. So so you you think they shouldn't have done that, or we're thinking they weren't going to do that at least. I didn't think they were going to do that because then you got to swallow that bad pill that is Iron Fist number one. Uh, but okay, also, okay, that, that's a compelling argument. I have no rejoinder <laughs> to. <laughs> and then and then it's just like but the rest so of it's Daredevil, pretty good. It is. It is. No doubt. I'm not not disagreeing with that at all. Uh, it's just like, um, what the hell? Like Daredevil has like been around for a while. Then it's hard mm-hmm. to until they we get his series and they like give us more than just a cameo here and there. It's hard to piece together the Daredevil timeline. It's like so he got the yellow suit in She-Hulk, but that was after he'd already been operating in New York for like ten years, maybe more. Like what's what the what? <laughs> What's care. been what's he been doing? Well, what's he been I doing did he get blipped? And this is where I think blipped. Jeff Loeb did him, did him a, a favor. He clearly built it on top of the MCU. The Battle of New York is referenced. Yes, at least there was enough connective tissue there that you're not. No, man, fucking Thor would have come down for this or something, you know, or, or take your pick, whichever hero. Like that, like it makes sense to fit where they fit to fit them. That's a classic superhero problem, though, right? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, why would invited in such and such character is more powerful? Just shoot him out from space. Well, yeah, fuck you. What do you want from me? Yeah, but if you have people in Avengers Tower in New York and there's like a fucking dragon underneath the, the city somewhere, like in the Defenders, <sighs> maybe, <laughs> maybe something. <laughs> and like ninjas chopping people up. Not Blue Eye Samurai style, but pretty close. True. <laughs> maybe. There may have been more to it, but like Spider-Man, no Spider-Man. He didn't give a fuck about any of that happening. Hell's Kitchen is not that big of a neighborhood, let me tell you. No, Manhattan Island is, what, three miles long? No, I, I get your point. There's okay. some problems, but but not as, not as much as I would – not as much as having a goddamn Celeste in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> that, sure, sure. <laughs> I hear they're, they're going to go ahead and talk about that in Captain America 4, so I think that, – That would be great. I would love someone to address that. <laughs> that feels like an issue of our times. <laughs> That's the biggest, oh, just leaving this here? Oh, boy. Uh, I, so far in the MCU, I, far and away, it's got to be number one. <laughs> Just a big fucking head in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I just, I just thought they would have wanted the freedom to tweak some of those characters in a different direction. Maybe not Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Maybe not Luke Cage either. Although I think, I guess they're having a hard time getting Mike Coulter uh, loose from his other shows to reprise the character. Well, that's gonna be the problem with with Frank, with Frank Castle. Yes. Also, yes. That guy is in everything, and he's good in everything. And I'm, yes. I'm blanking on his name. I'm, I feel so bad. Bernthal. Bernthal. Yeah. There we go. Jeez. Yeah, John Bernthal. There you go. Uh, he killed himself in the bear, so that's one less obligation. But oh, there. <laughs> and he didn't get out Check. of those who wish me dead. 
He's had a lot, actually, now that I'm talking it out with you. <laughs> I Maybe he's more free back. than I thought. I thought they were bringing him back in Daredevil, and I just read that the rumor is they're finally, with the retooling, deciding to bring back Foggy and Karen instead of killing them off off screen. So the main cast oh. plus Punisher. God. Was that ever part of the plan? That's horrible. That, yes, sir. I'm all turned around on the like, I fired from money plan now. I'm going to tell you that. I haven't heard that. I think maybe that was just, no, fuck off. This is terrible. Those so, are old shows now. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> very wild. Very, very wild. Yeah. I was still text when those started. One thing I did want to mention about the, the, the through line of Daredevil in his appearances in Echo and in She-Hulk is I really feel like, and I don't know who, I feel like they must have like a special consultant or something in both She-Hulk and Echo for Daredevil's combat and movement. Like they have hired somebody who has read a lot of Daredevil comics <laughs> and it also has <laughs> martial capability and stunt capability and tricking capability because that dude moves like in the fucking comics in these two shows like you almost never even saw in the Netflix show. I am really impressed with how his movement and how he talks and uses the billy club and everything is just like he feels like an even better version than the Netflix version from that perspective. And the Netflix version was really freaking good. I was about to say, I'm surprised. I'm just very surprised. He's much more acrobatic. And like in Echo, when you see him fight Echo for like the 70 seconds he was on screen, you can tell he knows where she's going to hit because he has the sonar, the radar sense in his combat, the way he fight. Like it's just... So well done. I'm very impressed. Building off that, as a, from a storyteller perspective, they didn't feel the need to explain it. Yeah, they let right? you have to figure it out. Like, how is he? Oh yeah, <laughs> right. he's 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 fucking Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> I I almost want to rewatch just those scenes. I mean, I I, I do have it on my list to rewatch all of She-Hulk anyway because it was a lot of fun. But just just to watch the Daredevil scenes again because they were just I'm just so impressed. But no, hold the, on. I, I I have it on authority that, that from the internet that, that She-Hulk ruined your life. Is that not true? Was not that all, a lie? It, it enhanced okay. my life. Interesting, it, it interesting. Yeah, that was a great show. People were dumb. Yeah. yeah. I think the ending was, was a little cop-out-y. Um, not much, because it, it's kind of in fitting with the, the source material. They could have tried a little harder, I think, but that was a great show. Because people were yeah. dumb. Yes. But man, they really nailed that, man. I, it, it makes me hopeful that uh, if they get the plot elements right and the the non-costume parts right of born again that it's going to be a fantastic show like uh which i know is a big lift i mean there's a lot there but man the way he looks and feels and jumps and moves in costume is like incredible and daredevil has one of the richest comic book libraries to pull from weirdly enough so so many good runs so many good runs and you know that's what I came out of Echo thinking, man, I need to read parts of a whole again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's part of why Echo didn't sit well with me, because the, the story it's based on is so damn good. And D- Mac and Casada's uh, Aya Lopez is just much, much deeper and more interesting. Which is not an Aquaquak. I'm not sure I'm running her name, Quaquax. Maybe, maybe I'm butchering that, and if I am, I apologize. She can act, but yeah, they I think just, she's a great they're, actress. They're not giving her enough to work with. Yeah, I think that's fair. Which happens sometimes. Biscuits, I'm too here for, though. Hashtag protect Billy Jack. I need more of my hero. They, they, <laughs> she got Danny Rand. <laughs> if you take my meaning. Ugh. But yeah, that, that should be a good, that should be an excellent show. They just, wow, boy, they were, 
if, if half of that's true, that's 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 that needed to be scrapped. Be, before we close, because it, it's getting about that time, I, I've got to ask you if you've heard about this this Karate Kid reboot. I heard they were rebooting, but I have no idea what it's intended to be. I haven't heard anything. I don't think they do either is why I want to talk about it. Because <laughs> apparently both Machio and Jackie Chan are involved. <laughs> okay. What? Which is some which is some real somehow Palpatine returned bullshit. Yeah, if that, 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 yes, I completely agree there. I I wanna be excited about this, but I am not remotely excited about this based on what I've heard. And it's supposed to come out this year. <laughs> what? I don't know how the hell that could possibly be true. No way. Yeah. You're, blow, that, you're blowing right. my mind. You're blowing my mind with this. There's, you, there's no such thing as a Karate Kid cinematic universe. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that <laughs> out there. <laughs> Please don't do that. Just finish strong with Cobra Kai and then let it, just let it go. Just <laughs> let it go. Do an animated <laughs> version. Damn it. I like how you came Elsa there for a second. I just I don't even know how you put those two together. I've never I've not seen the the uh, the, the first attempt to reboot it. So oh, you, you're talking about the Jackie Chan? Uh, yeah, movie? where it's the he does kung fu and he's a karate kid for reasons I don't. Yes, I I, I have watched it because Jackie Chan. Uh, sure, but uh, it has. No, I mean it's all. It takes place entirely in China, pretty much. So I guess they can just be like, "Oh yeah, let's go to China." Or <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, they, like they did in Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, yeah, China looks not uh, like New York. It's interesting. Uh, You're not jet lagged at all. Okay, sure. Yeah, how much I need Iron Fist has come just come back in a wave, and I don't. <laughs> Have you or anyone you know watched the Halo television series? I have watched the Halo television series, my friend. You have. I have. Why is no one talking about what should have been the biggest show ever? Is it terrible? I wouldn't say it's terrible, but it leaned a little too much in the melodramatic, I feel. Like, I tried to be Game of Thrones in space in a way. Uh, oh. It did not serve it. It did not. That unfortunately but, makes sense. Game of Thrones left a huge culture and imprint, and not a good one on television there for a while. I think it was trying to be a little bit of that and a little bit of the expanse and a little bit of halo all mixed up together. And it, the, the, the elements did not emulsify together correctly. Is there a chick, chicken foot sticking in that stew? Is there? <laughs> yeah, kind of. It, yeah. It, there are worst ways to use your time. I hope they re what they're, I know they're working on season two. I, I hope they've retooled it a bit and uh, maybe it'll get more exciting. Like master chief just needs to be more of a force of nature than he is. Mm. If you've played the games and maybe if maybe it doesn't matter, maybe people haven't don't care about halo from that perspective anymore. You can make master chief whatever you want. But in my mind, as a person who played the first three halos all the way through master chief must be a force of nature. He must be John wick in space. And that's not what we have. Yeah, because it, it's not that I didn't hear anything bad about it. I just I heard nothing, and I was like, that seems weird. It's <laughs> Halo it's was a right. was a was a big deal there for a while. Yes, and I'm trying to think of something else that came along that should have been anticipated, and it wasn't. And I, I, I've got nothing. I mean, Halo is kind of idiosyncratic in that in that way. Are, are you caught on stuff? Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> certainly on Marvel stuff. But um, yeah, the backlog is long. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I, I feel like I, I made I put a real indent in it though over the holidays. Nice. As we're recording, I, I think for Detective season four is dropping. 
Yeah, I saw I saw an ad for it. I'm so behind. I never watched season three. It's good. That's what I hear. And it's like, okay, that's you know, got a lot to catch up on. It, there's a there's a lot of blade DNA in there, weirdly enough. Oh, okay. It's Detective Deacon Frost and Detective Blade are two together. <laughs> oh well. Oh, he wasn't Blade at the time. He he will he will he has yet to become Blade. Yet to become Blade. He will be Blade, but his part is, is Deacon Frost. Okay. <laughs> it's just a weird it's thing a to have bit, happen. Yeah, that's yeah. And and Yondo is also in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, that, now that I'm thinking about it for the first time in years, it's more season one than two. I think you will enjoy it. Okay, that's that sounds great to me. <laughs> but not like the Karate Kid, which oh, oh my god. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats thinking about how they're going to try to marry these two <laughs> related properties. You know, I don't know who's older, Macho or Chan. That's a great question, actually. Isn't it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're combined. H has got to be over 120, though. Almost certainly, right? At, at least. That is the... <laughs> but I don't know who's older, as, as weird as that sounds. I'm going to type it in Google. Who is older, Jackie Chan or Ralph Macho, and see what happens. Uh, Jackie Chan is seven years older than Ralph Macho. Macho is 62 and Chan is 69. Okay, that's great. They, I, they should totally be making martial arts films. There's no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> plenty, of, plenty of old masters doing martial arts, but they're not actors. <laughs> TV needs to show up and just prune that universe. <laughs> Ariel Rodriguez of San Diego, California, please promise me that you will not try to go reboot Karate Kid. <laughs> I guarantee you 100% will not do that. I've been Cyrus Morazavi of Kirkland, Washington. I will also not bring back Karate Kid and Jackie Chan. And this has been this episode of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast are available at fullofsoundandfurypodcast.com or by subscription at wherever the hell you get your podcasts. This has been a Great Source Studios production, copyright 2024. <laughs>